You're listening to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillow, and I am so excited that you are here. This podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, conscious business, generative leadership, and social impact. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics that keep you inspired and at your best. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask a favor. Would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review? It would really help us out. It helps us to share our messages with as many people as we can, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people too. So thank you for that. Okay, so the title of today's episode is Turning Inward to Lead from the Heart. And on the podcast this week, our guest is Laurie Benson. Now, Laurie is the founder of Inward Bound Leadership. She takes a stand for feminine leadership, not male nor female, but the greater potential within us all for integration and interconnection. Her leadership programs focus on deep self-awareness work and how to translate this into creating positive change for the world. Her current project, A Hundred Voices, shares stories that open the door to reconnection. So welcome, Laurie. Oh, thanks so much, Jane. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I am so looking forward to our conversation. I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Because we always, we were saying this before we started the recording, we always have such deep conversations and now you guys get to listen in. Okay, so um, let, let's get our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And can you give us a few insights about, you know, who you are behind your professional bio? Hmm, absolutely. I think it changes regularly. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. Um, you know, I, I live to be outdoors. There's something, um, about connecting with nature and being outside that is a really strong draw for me. So I am, um, blessed and so grateful to live in the mountains of Colorado where I have an opportunity to be outside a lot and, Uh, My family and I play in the mountains and the out of doors as much as possible. And actually, I think that that is where I feel uh, most centered and at peace and where a lot of my purpose and drive comes from as well. It's when I get out and, and get quiet and remember what's important that I kind of have those aha moments and things open up and, and the next path becomes clear for me. Mm, I love that. I love the way you say remembering what's important. So I have to ask you, what are you remembering right now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Wow. You know, I love that question because um, I think we're, we're standing in the time of great remembering. And I think what I'm remembering right now, hopefully what all of us are remembering right now, 
is that we're all, there is no separation. That we're all interconnected and not just um, humanity, but, but all of, all living beings. And, and this is such a beautiful and, and crazy and um, unique opportunity, I think, that we're standing in the middle of right now to remember that and you know i know we talked a little bit about social distancing before we jumped on this call together and how that's become a really um common phrase within the past even just few days and as much as we all are standing in this space of social distancing and, and trying to hold each other up from afar i think more than anything we're learning that we're interconnected and there is no distance. That distance is being removed um, in, a, in a powerful way. Yeah. yeah. And for all of you listening, um, we are actually recording this in the midst of the coronavirus uh, uncertainty. And I know this won't be published until a few weeks. And who knows where we'll be then. But um, right now, we're, we're facing countries on lockdown you know, airlines, um, schools, restaurants, universities. And here in Columbus, Ohio, we've just had all of our restaurants have now closed. Retail is closing. Everything is closing <laughs> in this state. Is it the same in Colorado, Laurie? No, in um, not quite yet. But I, I, in the bigger cities, I think that that will probably happen maybe even today. Yeah. We're up in a mountain town and... We haven't had any reported cases yet, so we um, we're in a little, you know, a, a little isolated community. Mm. But what's been really amazing to see is the trails are packed. It's yeah. uh, everyone's. I feel like everyone's pausing and taking a breath and getting outside. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And if there's something that we need in today's world, you know, it is that kind of power of the pause that time to self-reflect. And I love that you're speaking about, you know, what feels to me a little bit like the paradox of this time. Mm -hmm. You know, we are disconnecting. We're being asked to social distance for very good reasons. And yet we can't help but see, just like you say, Laurie, that we are all completely interconnected here globally. It kind of transcends, you know, a pandemic by its very nature transcends boundaries and borders. So it's really showing us that we're kind of all in this together. Mm. And I, I know that speaks to some conversations that you and I have had over the years about, you know, like the global human family. And mm. I just wondered if you could share a little bit about, you know, what you take a stand for in this space. Mm, absolutely. Um, so there are, you know, there are a few really powerful, there's some powerful awareness, I guess, is the way I want to put that, um, that I'm holding to right now. Two things. One, that we are actually standing in the middle of prophecy, right? We've, it's been foretold that we would reach this point in our history if we don't start remembering and start waking up. So while there is an invitation and a remembering that we desperately need to accept and to have, 
there's also some comfort in knowing that um, we walk this world right now with people who have known for generations and generations and generations that we would stand at this point together as humanity and that it would take something like this to make us remember and wake up. And that brings me, that awareness and that knowing brings me to, um, I think one of my greatest tools uh, right now, and that's tuning into the heart. And this is a beautiful opportunity to move out of our heads and into our heart. And I have to say that even over the past few days, even though this is a practice that I do regularly, it has brought me so much peace. Um, there's some beautiful, like HeartMath is a beautiful organization that teaches how to tune into our heart. Um, Greg Braden and Dr. Joe Dispenza, and they're all doing this beautiful work around the convergence of science and spirituality and how these come together and the resources that we have accessible and available to us at all times. And I have to say that there have been many a time in the past few days when I've had to make choices and decisions for my family and for myself, when I've put my hand on my heart to bring my attention there and I've asked my heart for guidance to pull myself out of my head and back into the space that truly knows and that's truly connected. And it's been beautiful um, and powerful and centering. And I think it's one of our greatest opportunities and gifts right now. Mm. Yeah, I can really feel the energy beneath your words as you speak there. And I just want to kind of take you back to something you said there at the beginning about living into prophecy and that we we're fortunate to be walking this world with people who have known that this time is coming. Can you say a little bit more for our listeners about those people and who they are so they can get a real sense of the context from which this comes or this emerges for you, Laurie? Absolutely. Um, so these prophecies come from indigenous all around the world. So I've been blessed to sit in communities um, where indigenous have come to where I am or where I've been able to go um, and visit them within their, within their homes and within their villages. But there are people here in the States and all over the world who've never lost that, that understanding that we're connected and hmm I'm stumbling over this a bit because there's so much coming in right now <laughs> that wants to be shared <laughs> take your time <laughs> yeah take your time just one one sentence at a time yes <laughs> so I'll, I'll share when I first when this first came in for me hmm. in 2012 um, my family and I were in Costa Rica with indigenous from all over the world. And it was the end of the Mayan calendar. And it's funny because there was a lot of conspiracy theory around that. The world was going to end. People were hoarding food. Um, 
And we sat on the sacred mountain outside of San Jose. And the, a Mayan shaman who was there said to us all, um, yes, the world is ending, but not in the way you all think. The world as we know it is coming to an end. We're stepping into a new time. And that's when I first learned of the prophecy of the eagle and the condor. Are you still there? The industrial, the feminine is, or the, I'm sorry, the condor is the feminine, the yin, the intuitive. And the prophecy was that in 1490, the eagle would begin a 500 year period when it would overtake the condor, almost to the point of the destruction of both. So in 1990, we entered a time of opportunity for the two to again come into balance and fly together through the world. I truly believe that what we're experiencing right now isn't because things are at that tipping point of complete destruction. I believe things feel so extreme right now because we're almost at that point of balance and reconnection and the friction and the pushback and the fear of again flying together in harmony from that balanced place of the masculine and feminine is so intense because we're right there. And so the opportunity and the remembering that we talked about earlier in this conversation is whether or not we are going to allow that balance and that reconnection to happen. And that's just one of, one of the prophecies. There are many from all parts of the world. And what I love right now about social media is that all of these prophecies and all of this knowing and all of this wisdom is being shared in so many voices from so many people. And I know you can relate to this, Jane. It's not just coming through the indigenous voices right now. This wisdom is coming through all of us. Mm. Yeah. And that's the, that's the work of coming back to our heart space and trusting that what we're being asked to share right now at this time has to be shared. It doesn't have to be wrapped in a perfect package with a beautiful bow and, and executed in a way that builds our brand. It needs to be shared in a way that's true and authentic and just gets it out there. And I love what you say about this because it, for somewhere, it's like I, as you speak about the eagle and the condor, there's a part of me that kind of I don't know, exhales a little bit because it kind of remembers. Like it might not remember the detail, it might not remember the story and the language they're using, but somehow my soul knows the truth in this space. And so it's so interesting. And, and, and I know that there's a lot of 
you know, there, there is a lot of fear and a lot of pushback and a lot of friction out there as you speak of, Laurie. And I know because I feel it as well. I feel the pain of the world right now. Um, and I feel like the kind of mix of emotions that's running through because we are in such an uncertain place. You know, there's so much uncertainty. And you asked a question. You said, will we allow balance and reconnection? Mm-hmm. at this moment in time will we allow that what's your sense i mean what are the prophecies what are the indigenous people saying about where we're headed with this stuff mm. i know it's a choice mm. um we're standing in a place of choice yeah and you know, a lot of the prophecy is that those that are connected to the land, those that remember, and when I say remember, it's not a remembering in our heads. We're not remembering anything that in this lifetime we've experienced before. Mm. We're remembering something so deep and true um, that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling. It's, it's, a remembering that comes from somewhere we don't know. But those that remember, those that allow themselves to remember, those that find they can stand in that remembering from a place of love and compassion and connection, those people walk forward. Mm. And that sounds extreme. and it is extreme, <laughs> yeah. but there's a beautiful choice that we make um, right now. And we're, we're standing in the middle of that, in the middle of that opportunity, in the middle of that choice, in the middle of that remembering. So let me ask you, because I just have this sense of, um, you know, we may have some listeners that are listening to this and thinking, okay, I, I have a sense of something but I don't know what it means to remember. And maybe they don't even know how to take that journey from the head to the heart. Do you, can you walk with them a little bit just to give us a sense of, you know, if they've never done, if they've never journeyed inward, they've never done this kind of reconnection. How could they do that? What advice, what wisdom can you share, Laurie, to help people to take this path? Or maybe just the first step on this path. Mm. So heart math that I mentioned before makes this process really easy. Um, and we can walk through it right now, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Just reconnecting. How do you start to understand when something's coming from your heart instead of your head? So um, we'll just do a quick little, quick little run through for everybody listening. So I don't know how, you know, I think most people are familiar with meditation, but if you just can sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed, if you're on the floor or your your feet touching the ground, if you're in a chair and just close your eyes and let your breath relax. See if you can focus on slowing your breath down a little bit. 
So in your head, just count to maybe five on the inhale. And then at that same pace, count to five on the exhale. And then take one of your hands and just place it over your heart. And with your eyes still closed, bring your awareness to where that touch is happening. Let your focus fall into that heart space. And then staying in that space, I'm gonna ask you two questions. And I just want you to notice what kind of feeling or response comes as I ask these questions. So the first is, my heart, am I listening to a podcast right now? And the second is, my heart, is today my birthday? And then you can remove your hand and open your eyes. So if today is your birthday, you're going to have to come up with a second question that isn't true. <laughs> But the opportunity we have is to start to pay attention and notice how our heart communicates yes and how our heart communicates no. So for me, and it's different for everybody, for me, the yes, it's almost like a fire in the front of my heart. It's this, it's this immediate buildup of heat. My no, is actually a pain on the backside of my heart. Some people hear words. The importance is to remember that your heart isn't going to ramble on. You're not gonna get some long drawn out response to your questions. Um, if that starts to happen, then we're back in the head. But this opportunity to pay attention and be aware of what messages are coming from our hearts opens the door to trusting. Trusting what's moving through us, trusting what we're receiving from others, trusting what we're receiving from the trees, trusting what messages are here to serve us and humanity at this time. Wow. So as you were speaking, I was doing that exercise alongside you. And uh, it was so weird because, you know, my heart, am I listening to podcasts right now? Was like, it was a yes. And then, and it did feel like heat, like you described, but it also felt like an opening. 
Mm. It just felt like an opening and a connecting in energetically. And then when, when you said my heart is today my birthday, <laughs> I didn't take it literally. I actually went to, that's an invitation for my heart to open, for me to birth my heart even wider into oh, the world. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and my heart just got all excited and I got another yes. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to have to come up with a different question. <laughs> so trust me to go beneath the surface of the, of the obvious yeah, but I do know, I do know what closed feel. I, I, for me, no feels like closed to me. It feels like a contraction of the heart. And it feels like um, a tension, a tightness, uh, like suddenly my heart's in a space that's too small when it's a no. So I love the way that you've, you've really shared that because that's something so simple that mm. anyone can do, which, uh, you know, is great. And it's as easy as just creating new habits, right? So yeah. we're really just retraining ourselves. So, uh, you know, when I feel uncentered, I just simply touch my heart and it immediately drops me back in. Mm. It's a real simple, simple opportunity and, and tool that we have with us all the time. Yeah. And our, our title for today was turning it inward to lead from the heart. Is that what you mean about leading from the heart? checking in with your heart, dialoguing with your heart in this way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think um, as that becomes more familiar, it's even, I mean, wow, there's so much power to embodiment. Um, as we become more tuned into our heart, and what's moving through us and what wants to be shared, the next layer of opportunity is understanding how to feel the energy that's kind of trapped inside of us that wants to be released, that opens the door to our ability to heal, to self-heal. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's so many layers of remembering so many layers of awareness. Um, but I think right now, the space that we stand in, that opportunity to trust our heart and know the messages that are coming from there that need to be shared is, is one of the greatest um, invitations and opportunities we have right now. Mm. Yeah, I think there's some real truth that really resonates for me. And it reminds me of a conversation I was having with one of our members at Sacred Changemakers recently, which was about, I was, we were talking actually about coaching clients. And I was saying, you know, in my earlier career, I, I worked with people who had a job. And then that graduated to people that had a career. And then it graduated to people that have a, a, a career or a business with a purpose. And then I found the people that were really trailblazing and had an even deeper purpose and wanted to do meaningful work in the world and be a force for good. I said, now it's interesting. Now I work with people who have a sacred calling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's interesting language to use in business. But I'd love to ask you, Laurie, where are you on that kind of tangent with your work in the world? Hmm. I love that. You know, um, 
like a brief synopsis. It's so, I, it was moving, <laughs> moving through my own journey along with your words as you were saying that. <laughs> um, so I started in, in kind of the climate change world and I loved the work that I was doing. Uh, this was probably 20 years ago now. Um, I loved the work that I was doing. It felt so important and like I was giving something um, through my work back to the world until one night I was putting my daughter to bed. She was about eight at the time. Nope, it wasn't 20 years ago because she's not 28. <laughs> <laughs> Time's all. <laughs> Maybe she was younger, but I was putting her to bed and she started to cry. And she asked me if the world was going to die before she did. Mm. And I still, it still brings tears to my eyes. Wow. I, uh, there's still a heaviness that lands in my heart when I share this part of the story. Um, in that moment, I realized just that the heaviness that I was bringing to myself, to my family, to my community, and I changed my trajectory. And I stepped into, I started an organization called 1% for Women where we funded, small businesses funded microcredit loans for women in agriculture around the world. And again, that work felt really important. Um, and I loved that we were having an immediate impact and supporting women everywhere um, in the work that reconnected with the land. So there were so many layers that felt good and great and right about that until the next layer of awareness opened up and I understood one day I was walking into my house and I had a, I have a, I had a greenhouse that was attached to the house and I, I looked in there and all the plants needed watering. And as I looked at them, I thought, I don't, I can't take care of one more thing right now. I can't bring myself to go get the watering can and go take care of those plants. And I recognized that it doesn't matter how many resources people have accessible and available to them, how many seeds we're helping women buy to plant or, you know, helping them get another cow for their, for their family. If they aren't whole and complete themselves, we're not making a difference. So that's where I've landed. That's kind of taken me to where I am today into this space. It's, it's hard to claim the space as a sacred change maker. I'll tell you, I bet this came up for me. I almost said this space of sacred change maker. And then I thought, Good, can I really say that? <laughs> I know, isn't it? It really is. And it's so fascinating when we start to unpack why it's so hard. Mm. Just to claim this space but you know the journey that you're talking about there the layers and you know to me that feels like a journey from head to heart because we start out doing like well for most of us doing what we think we should be doing mm -hmm. as work in the world and then we move and our heart opens and we have experiences and it opens a little more and we go closer towards the truth I think of our own heart space but also what our soul wants in the world and for me this feels like a very sacred path to mm. be on um and you know and that word sacred in a way i think we're redefining it at sacred change makers but what does it mean to you laurie 
this, this like creating a sacred space or even thinking that you have a sacred calling or a sacred path that you're on here. Mm, I think it's that deeper remembering. Yeah. It's, um, it isn't really anything in the physical, right? It's, it's that knowing that's coming from generations and, and, um, we, I've been having lots of conversations right now about how time is a construct, right? And how, when we let go of the idea of time, I feel like we stand in that sacred space. And as I'm saying that, I mean, I almost imagine, it's like the veil moving away. And when we move, when we remove that veil, we stand in a space that for many of us right now is unknown, but also known. Yeah. And when we stand in that space, I mean, what is your sense of what is being called forth from us right now? I mean, what does the world need from us mm -hmm. now? I think it needs us to trust mm. that what we feel called to do when we touch our heart and listen is so important. These, these ideas and these, um, these messages, this knowing isn't showing up today just for us. You know, we are, we are being asked to step in in certain ways because of the skills and because of who we are in, as in how we move through this world. It's been really beautiful to watch, gosh, I would say over the past two years, the women that are showing up and saying to me, um, you, you know, a lot of the conversations start, you're going to think I'm crazy or, or people are going to think I'm crazy or I don't know why I'm thinking these things or why these things, ideas are coming to me in meditation or while I'm outside walking, but they feel big and huge. And the way everybody's being asked to step in and share these messages are based on who we are in the world. Mm. I, you know, my project that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, A Hundred Voices, is a, is, is a perfect example of this. Um, I've been in marketing and, you know, was in the marketing and PR world forever and know the importance of branding and of making sure that everything looks beautiful and that your um what you're presenting is the best you can possibly do right what the face you're showing to the world and so i've had for probably the better part of four years now this deep calling to share these stories that are coming to me from others and to shine a light on these people who are having these beautiful experiences so that they no longer feel like people are going to think they're crazy. And I've spent the better part of four years trying to bring others in saying, I think we really need to share these stories. Can you come and 
be the one who captures them for me. I'll, I will bring the women to you. You videotape them and make them beautiful and amazing and let's show them to the world. And I have been shut down left and right and left and right by, by good, beautiful, wonderful friends who know what they're doing. And they've said, this is your path. This is your journey. So as I, as I videotape these people and learn how to use the editing equipment and do my best to make sure they can be heard on the other side of the, of the computer and, and load them on the computer and then put them live on this website, it is the most vulnerable space that I've stood in, gosh, in a really, really long time because it isn't about the beautiful packaging. It isn't about um, having it look professional and amazing. It's just about sharing the stories because that's what I'm being asked to do. And when things get uncomfortable and when I can't bring myself to let the world know that I've put these videos on the website and that things are starting to come to life, I have to touch my heart and I have to ask, is, am I walking the right path? Is this truly what I'm supposed to be doing right now in the moment? And the answer continues to be yes. Mm, that's beautiful. And I love how you are embodying exactly what you're talking to us about today. Mm -hmm. which is really listening deeply to what your heart wants here and remembering and just stepping in regardless of how vulnerable it's making you feel, but doing and, and, and answering in a way your, your call. Because I think it's true that we all have unique calls at this time. Mm -hmm. You know, and what is calling to us, like you so beautifully said, Laurie, you know, depends on who we are in the world and the work that we do. It's very unique to each of us how we answer those calls. But I'd love to ask you a little bit about this 100 Voices project because mm -hmm. it sounds so unique to me. And if you're there, like you're actually there live with what what seems to me to be incredible wisdom from you know sometimes very ordinary people mm. and sometimes extraordinary people but what are you learning from listening to all these people and their stories mm. it's fascinating you know um I feel like I'm going on a journey with every, every person who sits in front of me to share. And it's such a humbling experience. Um, I just spent a good couple of weeks in Sedona doing some amazing interviews um, and story gathering. And I called my husband one night and just broke down. I said, how do I, how do I honor these people who are giving these gifts to the world? Um, What's been, what's been really wonderful and nobody, I mean, it, I only have three videos on the website right now and they'll, I'll be adding probably three or four a week right now, but nobody on there is anybody you'll recognize, right? They are, like you said, just ordinary people um, who have beautiful and extraordinary messages to share. And as I sat there listening to the first sharing, I realized that 
what I wanted to hear was an invitation from each of these individuals who were showing up with this gift. How, as I listen, I guess the idea of reciprocity, right? So how, as I listen to these individuals sharing their stories, giving this gift to the world, being vulnerable and amazing and open, how do, how do I support them and how do I open up an opportunity for others to support them? And when I first had this idea of, of incorporating invitations, I thought they would say, oh, um, well, if people want to go to my website and right in the headspace. Right. And instead what they've been are um, this heart sharing, this deep desire for connection and unity and harmony. Uh, there's one beautiful man who's up right now, his name who's on the website right now, his name's Daniel Ramos. And his invitation was around how his prophecy knows, his prophecy shares his wisdom, his learnings, that the healing is going to come through the sacred feminine. And that it's a time for all of us to turn inward and recognize the great healing that we're wanting and desiring right now begins within us. And that it's a spiritual and divine healing that we're being invited to step into. So those have been the most, um, I, the most powerful and inspiring, I think, part of stepping into this. But again, it, that came to life as the project came to life. So there's a lot of letting go of structure. And what I thought was going to be coming, coming to life um, and letting it be what it needs to be. And there's something very, for me, when I think about leadership and I think about feminine leadership, that receptivity is a key part of it. For me, is really, you know, listening deeply to what wants to emerge rather than getting in my head and thinking, okay, this is what Jane wants to do, right? It's a very, well, to me, it feels very receptive way of living your life and, and stepping forward into a project like this and allowing it to shape you and move you and change you as it emerges in the world, I think is just exquisite is a word that's coming up, Laurie, as I think about it, because it's a very different way of being in projects and, you know, and what, what we do in the world. It's, it's very different. Um, so I love that you're speaking to it. In, in this, this deeper way. And so very important, I think, at this time, you know, where we are, where there is so much fear and anxiety, because there's going to be, because this isn't something we can figure out from our heads. <laughs> you know, we, we need our heart connection here. Yes. To really help us. Otherwise, we're going to stay closed and it's just not going to work out the way we might like to try and control it to, you know? So, and I always think of that head and head is always about, let's bring this under control so we can feel safe again, which I don't think is really an option right now. 
No. Well, and it all takes us back to the eagle and the condor, right? Yeah. That, that knowing and that awareness that if that separation, and, that's, and it's power over, right? It's that masculine. Yeah. If, that, if that started in 1490, how many generations, how you think about the, the paradigms that we exist under today that came out of the past, I guess we're, we're well beyond 500 years now. Um, and everything that we, how we move through the world, our education system, our religions, everything is created under this masculine paradigm. And two words that come up for me a lot our success and value and, and how those exist and they have been defined under that masculine paradigm. And so I love that you said that we're kind of redefining the word sacred because I think we are, I think we're stepping into an entirely new language. I think that there's so many, so many words that we move through the world knowing that it's time to say like, well, what does this really mean for me? What does success? I know, I, you know, we, we all know what success looks like in our Western culture. Um, we know how to, we know when we feel valued, we know what other people value. But when it, again, when we move into that heart space, mm. what is success for me? Yeah. How do I feel valued? And when I sit with that and I listen and I tune in, it isn't, it isn't that definition that is going to pop up on dictionary.com or even in Wikipedia. Um, right. It's something so different and it exists in that feminine balance. Yeah, it really does. And it reminds me, have you watched the film, the 12 Laurie? No. You haven't watched the 12. You have to watch the 12. Okay, I'll, I'll be putting the link into the show notes. Okay, it's, good. It's literally, it's, um, it's a film that's been made by Lucille Foundation. And when I say Lucille, it's C-I-E-L, French for Sky Foundation. Mm. And um, what they did was they got in touch with, um, I think it was 12 indigenous people. Yeah, of course it was. They're called the 12. 12 indigenous <laughs> people around the world, all from different countries, from different um, ancestry, um, with different rituals and beliefs, all indigenous. And um, the United Nations invited them to New York um, to um, bring together the spirit and the soul of their ancestors to call, call in a new future. And what they did was they sent filmmakers out to, um, you know, like to the Amazon and to Japan and, and Africa and all these different places where these tribal, these indigenous leaders were, these wisdom leaders, and actually filmed them, did like a little filming of them, in their tribe and, and with their rituals and getting an understanding of the context from which they came. And then, so we saw all of the 12 and then we saw their journey to New York. And I will never forget one tribal leader and, and pr previous to go traveling to New York, he'd been saying, I'm sure the people of America are very similar to us. They will understand our times, right? That's what he's saying. Uh-huh. He got off the plane in New York and literally he just looked around and he went, where, where are all the trees? 
Uh, where, where is nature? Where's the soil? And he, he was like, oh, this is far worse than I imagined. Uh, <laughs> and that's what he said. And it was just this visceral feeling of, and I got it. And so I'll own it. Like, what have we done to the world, mm -hmm. literally? And so underneath everything that you're talking about here is, is this connection you know, and this def definitions that we live within that's all defined by, and you could say stereotypically New York City in a way, like out there we, we have certainty, we know what the world like is asking of us because culturally we've already defined it. But when you go within, when you open your heart, I think a very different thing comes out. And for me, when I go into nature and I, I feel the soil beneath my feet or the sand or I'm at the ocean or I'm in the forest. There's a different energy that, that arises within me that it's almost like, um, it's a connection, not, and it's through my heart to something that I, I guess we're using the words remembering today, Laurie. So <laughs> I remember it's like, this is my world this is where i am and i can't deny that interconnection when i'm out in the world in that visceral way and yet i can ignore it so easily when i'm sat at my desk in a concrete building you know a few stories up from the earth <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah so well, and that and uh like i said you know back home i'm not i'm not I'm actually in Taos, New Mexico right now, but um, back in Buena Vista, Colorado, the trails are packed right now. Yeah. Right? There's, there's this knowing, and without knowing why, that we need to be outside. Yeah. That we need, to, we need right now to tap into something bigger than us. Yeah. And so there's a, along with that knowing, I think there's a searching going on right now. And I think such a need to, um, I was just recently on the, on the border of Arizona and Mexico and had some pretty powerful experiences down there. But one, uh, one of the experiences that came to mind when you were speaking just now, um, I was walking around the area with this biologist and she was showing me these endangered species that are being impacted by the wall. And as I was listening to her, I, even though I'm, I stand on the side, same side that she does, right? I, I truly believe that um, I agree with what she was sharing and that it's so important. But as I listened to her, my heart got tight because there was so much blame. Um, in her sharing. And as I listened, I thought, wow, what happens when we start sharing our stories, even just with ourselves, as we have them on replay in our heads, minus the blame. And so as I was listening to her, I couldn't say, take the blame out of it, right? Because how do you, you, that's not something you just, it's not a switch you turn on and off. Mm. So I tried to figure out how I could ask questions that pulled her out of that space. And so I started to ask her why it was important. Tell me why it's important that we're losing these species. 
And she moved from her head and, and this space of anger that we actually think comes from our heart, right? But it was so apparent that it was coming from the stories that are on replay in her head. Mm. When I asked her that question, I could feel her drop into her body and the sharing that happened was beautiful and amazing. And it was a sharing that anybody will be able to listen to and not think I'm being judged in this story. I'm to blame. I sit on the other side of what she's, of the message she's trying to communicate. I'm the bad guy, I'm the good guy. It breaks through all of that. And it is so important right now that, that as we have this call to be outside, as we listen, that we're not only taking what's being offered to us from nature, but we're watching our thoughts and our stories and what is moving through us because we're also at the same time giving back. Mm. So it's that um, kind of that symbol of infinity, right? That flowing that never stops. So what a, what a, opportunity and powerful invitation as we stand outside and as we move through, gosh, who knows? Um, it'll be fascinating to listen to this when, in a couple of weeks and see really what has progressed and where we all are. Um, but as we feel drawn to move outside and to be out there and to reconnect, to not only take, but to understand what we're giving. That's a great reminder. It really is. And I, I love how you're requesting that people, you know, in a way be mindful of the stories that, you know, we're living within right now and the stories we're telling ourselves, because that is what can put us, that can set up the conflict internally. Mm. But if we open our hearts, I think we find ourselves in a different story starting to emerge through us in our lives. So I love that. Listen, Laurie, if there was something you'd hoped we'd get to today, something you would really want to share with our listeners as a final point, what might it be? Mm, I would, if you feel called, if there's something moving through you um, that you feel called to share, I, my hope and my desire is that you can tune into your heart and find the power and strength within yourself to share that gift with the world. This wisdom, this knowing, um, these ideas are coming to us to be shared right now. And I think this is the greatest work of our time. I think we're standing in this powerful, incredible opportunity to let go of what we think is real and important and listening and feeling and trusting what's emerging. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Laurie. My gosh, that is just so simply put, so elegantly stated and yet so incredibly profound. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. oh,
you're walking that path. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I just know that our listeners, gosh, they will have got so much from our conversation today. And thank you so much for being so open and so vulnerable with your stories and the insights and everything that you've shared with us today. Thank you so much, Laurie. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for. This episode of Sacred Changemakers was brought to you today by Changemakers Society, a sacred community for individuals who want to make the world a better place. So ask yourself, are you ready to experience an extraordinary quality of life? If life is feeling a little chaotic, and I'm sure for many of you it will be right now, and you're looking for sanctuary, if you're interested in connecting with some lovely people, if you have a sense that there is something more to life, but you're not sure what it is. Perhaps there is a deeper purpose or a calling. Um, why not press pause and come along to our virtual Sacred Circle gathering on Tuesday, the 7th of April at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And this is where you can enjoy a little freedom for your soul. It's about awakening, reclaiming, remembering, feeling, knowing and activating your energy so go to sacredchangemakers.com gathering to sign up for your free place and it just leaves me to thank all of you for the wonderful work that you're doing out there in the world and just a reminder to stay safe and follow your heart in the days and weeks to come because we know it's getting a little wild out there and I just want to ask you all to just open your heart as Laurie and I have been talking about today. Open your heart, listen deeply to what wants to emerge through you and just step forward in the direction that you are feeling called. Okay, my friends, until next time, um, I'll just leave you with lots of love. Bye for now.